Clustered conversations. Clustered conversations. By Weka. Hey there, and welcome back to Clustered Conversations. I'm Bob. And I'm Josh. And today we're joined by a special guest, Steve Miller from uh, Intel. Oh, not the Steve Miller band? No, not that one. Oh. As far as you know. Well, I think this <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. I, I lied to you, Josh, to get you here. <laughs> it worked. It worked. So, Steve, I, I, you and I have worked together in the past, a long, long time ago, and you've also worked with uh, Nilesh, who's our, uh, um, uh, our, our new product guru. So, just kind of, can you give us a little bit about your history? Okay. Um, great. So, I've uh, been at Intel uh, about seven years. The last two and a half or so, I've been focused on doing AI uh, training at scale. Uh, prior to that, I did storage pathfinding for Intel. Um, uh, prior to joining Intel, I spent uh, 10 years at NetApp where I was responsible for all their system architecture. Uh, and then before that, I spent 14 years as a chief engineer for Silicon Graphics building big supercomputers. Um, and so I've always been around very, very big, high-performance types of systems, whether they be compute platforms or storage platforms, um, and recently really been driving AI at scale. Uh, and what we, how do we make that work uh, when you talk about hundreds or thousands of um, devices doing training? So, so are you guys more of a research facility or are you guys more about being customer one for some of the products you guys are developing in-house? Um, well, so I spent uh, the last two years being customer one for Habana. So I was actually part of Habana, which was a, a, um, a company that was acquired by Intel in, I think, November or December of, of 2019. And I was, I was lucky enough to be involved in some of the early discussions with Habana before they were acquired. And they uh, had this, this dream at the time as a startup, you know, building some, a thousand of something is a, is a dream. Um, so after some discussion with Habana, you know, they, they really wanted to build a, a thousand uh, for them, their first accelerator, Gaudi One. Um, but they never, you know, they were silicon folks. They never built something like that. And, and I had some history in building very large systems and said, oh, you know, this is what it would look like. And we kind of continued those conversations uh, after the acquisition. And uh, they basically asked me to, to build this system for them. Um, and so it was really building out a data center at scale that would be capable of running these, these thousand very high performance accelerators. Um, and, and that's kind of what got things started. And since then I've built a couple more data centers and, you know, now I'm, I'm back from Havana back at Intel and doing kind of a similar thing, but we're leveraging, um, all of the different types of Intel technologies, not just the Havana stuff, but other AI technologies as well. Again, focused really on at scale. You were the first guy I talked to those talking about trying to get to a terabyte a second of throughput. And, uh, you know, I think that was a twinkle in our eyes way back when. And got, your architecture really was something amazing. Uh, we've actually actually have delivered a, um, uh, a terabyte a second. You know, the the first first data center we built, we had a goal um, to deliver around 300 gigabytes a second large block random read. Mm hmm. And uh, 
you know, I had I played around with with uh, Wicca systems prior to that, and uh, you know, obviously my my time at uh, at NetApp, um, you know, I kind of understood how a little bit how storage systems work, and and went out looking for um, a high performance NAS box. You know, kind of that was the that was the thing I wanted to do file maybe object, but but not a block-based system, right? There's there's lots of high-performance block, but that really wasn't what we needed. <coughs> um, for for file, of course, it's harder. It's harder to get a high-performance file system. And so there's a few vendors out there, and I went looking for who had a scalable solution that would meet our needs of, you know, 300-ish or so gigabytes per second large random, large block random read. Uh, and after doing a few uh, POCs and some tests, um, we settled on a 32-node uh, Cascade Lake-based system mm -hmm. that today is delivering uh, 351 gigabytes per second, a random wow. read. Um, so it's 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 delivering line rate on um, each of the the 100 gig interfaces. The, the, the box has has one 100 gig interface. Um, uh, when we built the second data center, we had um, a, a much higher um, rate, um, and so we we wanted to try to extract. We were putting eight SSDs in, mm -hmm. and so we wanted to extract uh, more of the SSD performance. I mean, realistically, you can you can it's safe to assume that you can get about two gigabytes per second SSD. Now, yes, you can get higher. But if you think about, I've got eight of them in a box, you know, saying ah, 16 is what we think we can get out of them. Maybe, maybe 24. You know, you maybe get right. a little bit more, but it's going to be mm -hmm. somewhere in there. Uh, we wanted to see could we extract all of that performance, um, and so we put two interfaces in every one of the servers, and we happen to have twice as many servers, so we had 64 servers, <laughs> each with two cards in it, and eight SSDs, and we ran the same benchmark. Again, we had a lot of a lot of clients hitting yeah. it, but we got 1.15 terabytes per second. <laughs> not bad. It's not so, bad. That's yeah, still 100 gig network. It's it's 100 gig network, but we just had multi 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 connections. Um, that two of them to each one. So nice. yeah, so really really happy. I'm I'm hoping to add a second connection to the existing 32 that I have, with the expectation of getting somewhere north of 500 gigabytes a second on that cluster. So yes, I've been really happy. It's um, it's been scaling really nice, and in fact, actually, just over the weekend, we did our upgrade from three eleven to three fourteen. That's a big uh, one. Uh, well, we we did it in steps, right? Three twelve, three thirteen, <laughs> and, and three fourteen. Um, <laughs> you know, yes, we were a little bit behind in um, in getting to these updates. Um, but what was what was interesting? What I what I was really kind of impressed by is we had um we had a node you know we had to reboot um the the nodes and, and the like and we had one that didn't come back nope. um so we had to put we had a you know we had a replacement node we popped it in um mm -hmm. and we finished the rebuild in a little over two hours huh. so i thought that okay. was pretty but i thought that was pretty impressive you know i was expecting when they said oh node failed we're gonna have to replace it and rebuild and i went well there goes today <laughs> yeah, those are the old days. I, you know, right. when I when I was in NetApp, they had they just bought um, SolidFire, right? And that was a different way to rebuild and a different concept. 
mm-hmm. um, of how things worked then on TapWest and took us a while to get our head around it. And when I came here, it was, I was lucky because I had the uh, clustered on tap and the solid fire stuff in my head. And so Weka made more sense, right? It, it was that I kind of put them both together and you have yeah. Weka. Basically, it's a file system on top of a, a truly scalable file, a, a hardware platform. The it's, biggest uh, thing about Solidfire that I remember is that they had a very, very comfortable swag T-shirt that my <laughs> wife has stolen and I never get to wear. They were big on socks for that group. Those guys loved their socks and bicycling. But <laughs> so, um, <laughs> what what is uh, I guess is there anything you can talk about about projects that we were working on, or is there uh, you know something we can uh, help you with, or something you could ask Weka if it was what would be, you know, any well, one of those. So you know. Uh... So just having gone through the upgrade, uh, the the good news is this upgrade went better than than previous upgrades. So every version they get a little better. Um, the 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 challenge that I have is that as we as we build bigger data centers, as we put more things into the data center, um, the ability to take the the thing anything offline mm-hmm. and do an upgrade. Uh, or quiesce um, becomes an issue. And we were actually just discussing today. So in order to do the upgrade, we do have to take all the clients off to do the upgrade. Right. Um, and, you know, at some point, it would be really nice to, uh, to be able to do the upgrade of the storage system without having to quiesce all of the clients, you know, could we, could we do it in phases? Because sometimes you get AI jobs that will run for days or weeks. Right. Um, and, 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 and trying to align all of those so that they shut down for even a, you know, four hours in an afternoon and aligned, you know, can be a little bit of a, of a challenge. So a lot of cats um, to herd. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think that's, that's kind of the, the, the big, takeaway from this weekend, uh, you know, that we said, wow, you know, what are we going to do when we have um, a lot more systems hitting the storage and, and we're trying to, you know, deal with, with multiple things, right? And upgrades. Yeah. So I think we got some good news and some bad news for you. The good news is we've, we've been working on this problem and had a solution. The bad news is you were on 3.11 and we solved it in 3.13. <laughs> true, true. <laughs> So in, in three, it was a 3.12 or 3.13, we can uh, be back by one version of uh, cl- of client. Yeah, 3.13 yep. allows you to be N-1 on your clients, so you can upgrade the backends and leave your clients at uh, one revision behind. And they can and upgrade, upgrade the clients yeah. later, yeah, yep. just do a remount. So, okay, so so we can't, so we in the future, since we're on 3.14, mm-hmm. you could say we could magically go to 3.15, yep. and then as the client's... Uh, become available, we can we can upgrade them independently and and not all at once uh, exactly. until they all and then we just have to make sure that all of those are done um, until you know before we go to the next major version. That's it. Yep. Ah, uh, well, good. It's you know, <laughs> I, and, and you know, this was not a a a, a, a setup question. This really no. <laughs> this really was. <laughs> I'm glad I, I'm sorry that the guys didn't tell you that over the weekend, but yeah, that's, right. that's, okay, um, so. you, you know, I was so happy when, <laughs> when they said, you know, well, well, you know, we're, we're, we're going to three twelve, and then I checked back, uh, two hours later and they go, well, we're loading three fourteen. 
And I went, well, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> this was supposed to, you know, we, we had like half a day for each upgrade. Um, oh, wow. And stuff. Um, you know. Uh, upgrade went a lot smoother than you were expecting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, it well, gen- generally when we've done storage things, um, there's almost always something that we forget. Um, yep. and, yeah. and so we, you know, in the past we would book, you know, if everything went well, this is the amount of time we take. <laughs> and then we failed on the meeting that amount of time. And, and, uh, I'm kind of looking at the, uh, the, what we're doing. And I said, you know, I'd rather be accused of a sandbagger than somebody who doesn't know what they're doing. <laughs> I, was I remember many an upgrade back back in my days as a storage admin, where you would you would kick it off Friday afternoon, you know, after everybody went home from work, call it five o'clock, whatever, and you would expect to be done, you know, Saturday early afternoon ish, but you always set the end of the maintenance window to like midnight on Monday, just in case. Yes. <laughs> Almost yes. inevitably, there was something that needed to happen on Sunday. Yes. Yeah, that's- well- well, the thing I'm also kind of finding out is there's the critical things you need to upgrade and do. And mm-hmm. then there's things that, you know, well, they're not that important. But boy, if I had some time at the end of an upgrade, you know, upgrade window, I might just want to do it just because I can do it in a no traffic environment. Right. Yep. You you True. can some of these you can do live, but they're much faster and, and much safer if you can do them when when the the systems quiesced so we're, oh, like we're running a we're benchmark or something yes well that's <laughs> yes another thing um uh i like to try to run you know fio uh with a kind of a range of things once we get things done uh and it's uh i, I find it really helpful when i get the performance team come in and they start running stuff and they go well you know we're we're not we're not seeing all of the bandwidth that you say you have and i went well, here's my FIO results. Now, it's your software that's between this and storage. <laughs> so, so, so and those FIO know, results, is that just like a, a set of jobs that you already have kind of configured, like job files, or, or do you have some kind of an automation tool that does a bunch of iterative steps for you? Um, so I, I'll give you a, a dirty secret. I go to the Wicca.io page under performance, and there's a <laughs> and there's a bunch of scripts there, and I just take them and modify them to do that is a the, dirty little secret. the, the test that I want to. <laughs> if, you, if you want even dirtier, there's a under GitHub tool Weka tools. There's a, a tool called Weka Tester, which uh, has a pre pre compiled FIO job, a server, and then the job files in there. You can edit the files, and it'll run those for you as well. Yes, across it's, all it's, of your clients or backends yep. at the same time. Yes. It's pretty whiz bang. It, it does a nice job of giving an output too, which is easier to read than usual FIO output. Cool. Uh, yes. Yeah, that is kind of a little tough to, to, to get. Okay, now what is the real number that I'm getting here? <laughs> Am I looking at the uh, CLAT or the SLAT? Or the, uh... <laughs> what are all these averages? What is this? <laughs> why? Why did, it, why did it stream past like 10 pages of nonsense to show me this one thing? Where's the group? Just where's the group? Yeah. Cool. Uh, so, so it's been good so far. I'm glad to hear that. I mean, I think we've been working together now for uh, two and a half years, so it's been nice to see. I know you were with Weka before I was. I think uh, you guys started working with uh, Matt and the team before I even showed up here. Yes. Yeah. And, and um, you, you know the 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 thing that a lot of people really I guess don't pr- 
comprehend about storage systems is, <clears throat> you know, just because somebody comes out with a new storage system, you know, it's a stateful device as opposed to a switch or a server that is a non-stateful device. And so you're tr entrusting it with your data. And you say, oh, well, don't worry. We trust it with the data. Well, lose somebody's data and see how much you're loved uh, yeah. after that happens. So so really, to go pick a storage system, you really want to bring it in, stick it in the corner, and, and give it some very non-critical work to do for a while, you know, six months or a year. And then, okay, well, it's done that, so maybe I'll put my Tier 3 app on it. I mean, it's kind of what the IT guys do. And, mm -hmm. and in the high-performance realm, of course those most of those systems that you have to pick from are relatively newcomers right as compared to the incumbents like we were talking about that have been around for 30 40 years um and so you know it's it's really it, you really have to do due diligence to make sure you can get your data back and and these these systems are focused on scalability and performance not on you know the uh, heavily recovered enterprise features, right? That 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 they have to make sure you never lose data. So mm -hmm. really picking a system and getting it getting it tuned in is important, and and you want to make sure that you can get your your data back and yeah. and the like. And so so far, you know, we've had we've had zero data loss. Um, you know, we've had a, like I said, we had a rebuild because of a failed node. Um, I've had a couple of rebuilds of a single disk. Where we where we lost an SSD, um, but but you know nothing nothing catastrophic so far. So yeah, that's my, been good. Yeah, my first job in IT was uh, backup architect for the most part, and uh, it is not the most uh, loved job in the world. <laughs> People never ask you how good the backups run; they just yell at you when the restores are happening. <laughs> and then uh, right. you know. All, all those years in storage, right? That's been the whole thing is how do we make sure data is secure? And uh, that's why when I came here, it was the amount of work that these guys did when they built this storage system to determine that data is written, make sure it's actually there is is fantastic. They, they really cared about making sure not just being fast, but being accurate. Uh, that was that was actually a more important thing to them than the speed. Absolutely. Y yes. You know, uh, I, I know a lot of folks um, in, 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 I know my, my former employer, NetApp, they would put additional information in to make sure that when you got a block back off the off the particularly hard drives, right, mm -hmm. that you you got information that let you that you knew you got the right the right block back, right? You know, yep. you didn't they didn't you didn't write this block somewhere and then it came back a different one or whatever, right? Kind of stuff. And and uh, I know that's becoming more and more common. So that, but with SSDs also. Um, it's it's uh, you know you don't really lose information as much as as you did with you know hard drives were the the scary thing and and, and you know we still kind of think a little bit about well I'm going to have my copy but now I'm going to back it up onto this you know half rack or rack full of hard drives that you know the first three years you know we're we're good but you know it's a mechanical device yep. and mechanical devices you know do have a, a bell curve associated with their reliability and. You know, you get you get past three years. Maybe it's five now. I don't know if it's changed much in the last seven or eight years. But you get out in that in that you know past three to five years, um, and those those devices can fail, and they can fail 
um, together, right? If they're all yep. from the same lot. I was there for the uh, the, the couple of drive uh, recalls, and that was a fun one. And then it was the uh, the old saying was uh, "Seda lies, never trust Seda." <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, was it we uh, we we check some after check some to make sure that data comes back to you because otherwise you know what you write might not be what you think you write. Wrote. That's right. That's right. <laughs> it's uh, um, yeah, it's the it's the uh, what was it the Reaganism trust but verify. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> just uh, just remember say the lies. That's all that matters. Right. Uh, <laughs> um, so I know that you guys have uh, some some clusters in the U.S. and then you mm-hmm. also had some Israel. Uh, so it's been kind of fun to watch you guys grow. Um, and just basically is, is it, is it, I know the performance wise and everything else been good. How's the, uh, the management and is it kind of working into what you guys were looking for? Um, so, you know, we haven't, we haven't done a, um, tried to do a tremendous amount of very complex things. So we, we do a lot of, a lot of the work today. Um, you know, we'll just set up a, a logical volume and, and, you know, mount it in through Kubernetes. Um, mm-hmm. You know, as we move forward um, and we want to have, um, you know, some of the different groups from within within uh, Intel use a system, you know, we're looking at trying to understand better ways to, to perhaps uh, isolate uh, some of the different groups from one another, you know, just make sure that we don't get data leak from from one project to another. Um, so, you know, we've, we've kind of looked at, at encryption, but of course, you know, that comes out of performance hit. Um, right. we've looked at possibly using, uh, authenticated mounts, which I believe you call organizations, I think is your term for, mm-hmm. it's a little bit of we, both. We, we have, have both. Yeah. You can do orgs. Orgs kind of create a, uh, uh, almost like a V Weka. <laughs> so yeah, like different little virtual Wekas underneath each other. And you can have them separated completely so that you don't see other people's storage. Authenticated mounts just means that certain you have to have a certain username, password, or token to be able to mount that file system on that system. So, so we're kind of looking at how do we, you know, are there ways to improve our security uh, a little bit? You know, we're constantly looking at that in the data center. Um, so that's something I think uh, probably in the second half of this year we're going to start looking at, at trying to increase it. You know, we've been, we've been kind of playing the, the, the kids in the lab set where we've, everything is, everything is all about, all about performance. Um, you know, like we, yes, we built the F1 car. Now, now we need to like, you know, put like brakes on it and air conditioning and stuff like that. (laughs) Um, so, so that's the, that's kind of the next, the next goal. What's fun though with the encryption bit, while there is you know always you know a bit of a hit with when you enable encryption, you can mitigate that on the client since it's the client itself doing the encryption. You could, so I'm assuming you have the CPU resources available. You can um, you can just assign a second core to that a second Wecken core to that client, and you're actually now technically going to be faster than you were before. Yeah, because the uh, encryption happens at the client, so the client is actually the place where it happens, not on the back end. Yeah, and, and and I'll get the I'll get the um, uh, kind of plug in for the Xeons. They they can do encryption <laughs> literally. Uh, you know, if you just talk about the the, the stream port, the line rate at a hundred gig, right, with yeah. one core. So uh, you know, they're they're wickedly fast for for that. Yeah. So, do, but but do we you have to get the Xeon Platinum to get that, or will the Silvers do it too? Um, 
You know, uh, it all depends on the, on the skew. But yes, you don't need a top bin for that. Uh, but I I I couldn't tell you where in the obviously the performance does go up as you go up the skew stack. Um, but um, I believe those I mean those libraries are in the are, are, are you know the standard libraries that they 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 uh, provide if you wanna if you wanna use them. Um, yeah, my understanding is just dedicated silicon on every every chip. I, I forget if it's per core though, or if it's just shared amongst the entire package. Well, no, it's the AVX. It's the AVX instructions, right? It's the five or the vector instructions. That's what mm. that you use to do the encryption. So, you know, they yeah. they they all pretty much have it. Um, it's it's a matter of, you know, what what the clock rate is for those AVX instructions, and and of course every core has that. So yeah, you know. You can set, yeah, three cores to it or something. I mean, with the, you know, the next generation parts coming out, no big secret. Every part has, every, every future part has more cores than the last one. That's <laughs> kind of the, uh, so there's always, there's always that. Um, so, you know, clearly we've got lots of stuff coming so out. Did, did you work at the SGI Intergalactic Headquarters in San Jose? I did. I worked there from 1992 to 2005. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so, I was at Veritas right down, uh, literally down the street from there. I was uh, like two blocks away where they used to have the Microsoft, uh, was it that set-top box they had? They were there oh. before we were. <laughs> and then we moved in that building. Yeah, when I, when I started, that was before they built the uh, Shoreline campus, right? Um, so, it w um, and then, you know, I was there for the, the massive build-up. They built Shoreline. They built uh, the one behind Shore or behind uh, Amphitheater, I think. Is a, yep. They built the other four buildings. Um, and now I think almost all of those buildings are now Google. I think they are, um, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's it, basically about it, everything. Yeah, well, you know, it's, it, it's interesting not to digress too much, but I remember in the 90s, you know, the the big the big companies, there was SGI, there was Sun, you know, and Sun built the big campus in, in, in Menlo Park. And, uh, you know, we had, had our big campus, and now you go there and it's, it's Google and Facebook. Yeah. Right. It's, it's interesting. The, the, the big system guys just are no more, right, in terms of the ones in the Bay Area. It's software and services that take over the world at some point. Yeah. And then, uh, so I always wanted one of those SGI indies. I, I still, you know, think about the, the, the layout of that thing and the, the beautiful clear case it had. I always wanted one. The clear case, the, the clear cases were not a standard. They were the production, the the blue marb or blue granitized, was yeah. the was the standard one. Um, but yeah, they always did a few of the new products in a clear plastic case. Uh, I think it was more of a marketing thing. Um, it worked. Yeah, it was. It was. Um, yeah, the indies. The indies were um, uh, basically the same chipset, um, just stripped down from the Indigo Two. Um, the, um, the O2 was, a was, a, a new, a new design, um, the toaster. I was, I was about to mention the O2. I had a friend in high school and, uh, his dad, I forget where he worked, but for some reason he had an O2 at his house <laughs> and that was just the coolest thing. I remember going to his place, we'd have land parties every once in a while and that, that thing would be laying out and it's like, what is that thing? What is it? O2? What? That thing's wild looking. That's so cool. I mean, SGI kind of you know helped make Sun come back at a while there with the uh, with that purchase they did from you guys. <laughs> yeah, the the uh, the, the um, what, we, what became the UE ten thousand. Yeah, UE ten thousand. Um, yeah, yeah, the, the yeah. Just for those folks who probably don't know what we're talking about, 
Um, SGI had acquired Cray in, I believe, 1996. And one of the things that that was part of Cray was a um, 64 processor scalable uh, spark box. And, you know, being SGI and being MIPS based, <laughs> the last thing we needed was a scalable <laughs> Spark platform. <laughs> so they, they, uh, they, you know, they sold it to Sun, which, you know, to their credit, they turned that into tens of billions of dollars of revenue. I mean, it was, oh, it, it was, was a beast. I yeah. love that box. It was, it was, it was the, the, the joy of my existence and the bane of my existence at the same time when I was at Veritas. <laughs> Yeah, that was a that was definitely a a very well built box that that Cray didn't um, and and Sun had the right market for it, right? They didn't I think at the time they maybe had a four four processor system, and like overnight they went from four to sixty four, and so yeah, it was just what it was just what they needed. Um, yeah. So yeah, they brought they brought back LPARs. Yes. <laughs> But it, uh, it's fun to watch compute, you know, the, the, way, the way that storage and computers changed since the 90s to now. I mean, because uh, one of my first jobs was converting a system from one gig drives to two gig drives. And that was, you know, that that's now a freaking thumb drive. <laughs> it's oh, not even yeah. a thumb right. drive you would keep. <laughs> <laughs> Your cell phone now being significantly more powerful than... Yeah, it's like HPC systems back from the '90s, right? That ran all of manufacturing for uh, for a company that made PCMCIA cards, which also don't exist anymore. So the world has changed so much. Boy, you talk about you one gig drives, two gig drives. I had a, um, you know, back in the day, I designed ASICs, and I had a uh, an ASIC on a drive that had the stiction problem that stuck. And I had to take the drive out of my workstation and smack it on the table to <laughs> unstick it. <laughs> this is this is this is about the time I smacked it on the desk. I'm thinking, you know, I don't have a backup of this. <laughs> <laughs> I, I still remember remember park.exe on my DOS that you had to type in to, you know before you shut down the thing to park the drive. Oh gosh, to park the heads. Yeah. yeah. Oh my goodness. Yep, the, the good old days. Well, well, all right. Well, uh, you know, now that we feel old. Might as well say goodbye. <laughs> on that note. On that note, <laughs> as we age ourselves through this whole thing. Steve, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure working Absolutely, with you. Steve, thank you. And, uh, you know, I'll probably catch you on the next call next okay, week. Totally. Thanks. Take care. So for a Cluster Conversations, I'm Bob. And I'm Josh. And thanks, thanks for listening. Again.